Amen. Say it with me. God is good. Say it a little bit better. God is good. God is good. And his mercy, and his mercy endures forever. Endures forever. Amen. Thank y'all. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Y'all happy? There's a sweet spirit in here today. Wow, y'all came with something. Which is scriptural. Philippians said that we all should come and we should not just come to get something, we should bring a supply. You know, if you keep on coming to the fellowship dinners at the family and you never bring nothing to the potluck, they're going to quit inviting you. <laughs> Especially if you have eight children. <laughs> well, if you have your Bible, if you go me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I got to be, I got something this morning, you got to be a little strong. If it gets on your toes, that's all right, mine's bruised. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I forget which one of the letters it is, and I, this will be paraphrasing. And uh, one of the letters, Paul was thankful to the people, and he was saying, um, in paraphrasing, he said, uh, he said, I'm thankful that when the word goes forth, that you receive the word, not as from a man, but as unto God. In other words, Paul's saying, I didn't select something. I didn't just pick something to do. I didn't go down. I didn't open up a book. I didn't go to the Lifeway Christian Bookstore and, and get a book of sermons, and this is the date. In other words, and, and I don't know how the ministers do. <clears throat> I just know, it's, for me, it's, it's important, very important, that we hear from Holy Spirit. And He knows what we need. He knows where we are. He knows who, who's going to be here. And, uh, you know, in prayer, a lot of times, a lot of our prayers are addressed around ourselves. God, I need help with this. And there's nothing wrong with that. We, he, he said, let your needs be known, right? Yeah. You ever thought about praying, Lord, what's, what's on your mind? What's, what are you interested in? What is it you have need of? What, what would you want to say to the people today? So a lot of times, uh, <clears throat> even ministers, they can get caught up in... Uh, whether something's received or not received based on reaction or do they sell tapes and all that kind of stuff and I look for a way of keeping score. <clears throat> but we need to move beyond that. We need to move beyond reaction to results. Amen. And, it's, and it's good to tell someone you appreciate something if they helped you. We, we, all, we all need that. But, but, he, but here's the bigger thing. Is that we, we're following him. We're listening from him. And see, I like I love all the ministry gifts. I, I love the preaching gift. I like I, I love the exhorter who gets up and man, there's just a flow, and, and we can all have a good time and be happy, and it just it just picks your spirits up. That's kind of that preaching gift. See what I'm saying? And uh, because in our human way of of living and thinking, is we can have ebbs and flows to life. But I, I don't want to work myself up to a place to where I can try to work you to a place because we can live and say we had a great time, it was a good service. But if, if, it, if it's not foundational, if it's not truth, if it's not absolute, see, you need something that's going to stick to the ribs, so to speak, and it's going to work on Tuesday if it works on today. So I endeavor in every service, and I'm not saying I hit it every service, but I endeavor every service, and I know this one for sure. I would not have went this route today. 
uh, it wasn't even in my thinking until it come in my thinking strong Friday afternoon and this uh, Saturday and, and then this morning I probably wrote three pages of notes as fast as I could hear. And uh, my ministry has changed that way for some, for some reason. And then he told me to make a bunch of notes. So I guess one day if I'm gone, but I think we're all going to get out of here alive. Amen. That if there's any value, just whoever wants to look at some of this stuff, they'll have something writing. And uh, so I, I believe I've heard from the Holy Ghost, and I believe I have the boldness to, to give it to you. Amen. And I believe that you have the heart to receive it, because if it's rejected, you, it's not me you reject. You see, if, if the head of the church speaks today and declares it, you have to look past the messenger. Amen. The outward appearance, you have to look past the, the mannerisms of that person and saying, what is the message? And if you could, if you could, Paul said, if you could receive it as such as, here's what the head of the church, the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, wants to say to me today, would you receive that? Amen. And, uh, of course, it has to be scriptural, right? So this is not a Reader's Digest kind of thing. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to be pretty quick because I want to cover a little bit of ground. If I was going to quote build a sermon... I would not have done it this way. Because it looks to me like you've got about 14 subjects in here. I mean, I know what my subject is, but I would not have built it this way. So, here's where I am to start. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we're going to read uh, 4 through... Uh, we're going to read the whole. We're going to read there all the way through chapter five. So sometimes people say, "Well, we went to church; they didn't even read scripture." We did. We did today. <laughs> and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. So if it does sound louder, louder, that's why it'd be Amplified. Now, also, we would not have you ignorant, brethren, about those who fall asleep in death, that you may not grieve for them as the rest do have who have no hope beyond the grave. So in other words, he, he tells us, he doesn't want us to be uninformed, not knowing, ignorant, not knowing about people who have, di who have died, who have fallen asleep in death. He said, don't grieve for them as the rest do people who have no hope. That is be beyond the grave. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will also bring with him through Jesus those who have fallen asleep in death. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage over all those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. For the Lord himself, no, this is not someone he sins, this is the Lord himself, he will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons. You know what a summons is. You ever been summoned to court? That's a date to appear. I would advise you to show up. Because if not, it'd be, you'll have a day in court. So he said, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with the shout of an archangel, and there'll be the blast of a trumpet of God. Amen. So God's in the music instruments, isn't he? Going to use a trumpet. And those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. Then we, the living ones who remain on the earth, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds 
to meet the Lord in the air. Notice he doesn't come touch the earth at this time. We go to meet him in the air. Amen. Later on, he'll come back and he'll, and we'll have the millennium reign <clears throat> uh, after the marriage supper of the Lamb. But when the, when the rapture, we're talking about the rapture here, we're going to be caught up and we're going to meet him in the air. We're going to walk through air. NASA don't have nothing like this. Didn't say if your weight was under 200. He said, I'm going to pick you up. <laughs> Full gospel folks and, you know, all of them. So the Lord's going to meet us in the air. So, so always through the eternity of the eternities we shall be with him. How long are we going to be with him? Through the eternity of the eternities. I like that. Now you can tell people about your future. <laughs> what you going to be doing for the eternity of eternities? I'm going to be hanging out with Jesus. Therefore, you know, because about most of the time people are scared about end time events. But not believers. Right? Paul says, uh, concerning these things, he says, comfort one another. Notice he didn't say scare people about end times. He said, to, to the believer, he said, they're not to be terrified. He said, these things will comfort the believer. Yeah. Chapter 5, verse 1, Amplified. But as to the suitable times and precise seasons and dates, brethren, you have no necessity for anything being written to you. For you yourself know perfectly well that the day of the return of the Lord will come as unexpectedly and suddenly as a thief in the night. When people are saying all is well, secure, and there's peace and safety, then in a moment, unforeseen, there'll be destruction, ruin, and death will come upon them suddenly as labor pains come upon a woman with a child, and there will be no means of escape. There will be no escape. See, he's not talking to you, the believer. But you're not in, you're not giving up to the power of darkness, brethren, for that day to overtake you to be surprised like a thief. He said, I'm not talking to you. For you're sons of light. You're sons of the day. We don't belong either to the night or to the darkness. Accordingly then, you know, the, the, the Lord doesn't even want you to even care about darkness. That's why when you go to sleep, you shut your eyes. <laughs> Amen. And if you dream, you're not in dark anyway, right? How many of y'all dream in color? How many of y'all dream in black and white? How many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask you? I see those hands. Thank you very much. <laughs> what verse are we on? Verse 6. According then, let us sleep as the rest do, but let us keep wide awake, alert, watchful, cautious, and on our guard. And let us be sober, hmm? calm, collect, and circumspect. For those who sleep, they sleep at night, and those who, who are drunk, they get drunk at night. But we belong to the day. Therefore, let us be sober and put on the breastplate the corset of faith, the love, and the helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to incur his wrath. You say, well, we got to go through some stuff. Y'all have fun. I'm going to be in a seven-year feast. For he did not select us to condemn us. Ooh. You have been selected to be condemned. You've been appointed out of here. You know, God's always rescued his people before calamity came. You ever heard of Noah? What did he do for Clarence to come? He shut him up in the ark and protect him. 
What about, what about the Sodom and Gomorrah? What happened there? God took out Peter. I mean, uh, took out Lot and took his family out before destruction came. God's always taking his people out before wrath comes. You know, we, we, are, we are the children of light of the kingdom of God, right? Can you imagine what the world would be like when you, when you take every Christian out of this world? I mean, just think about the news this week, what's going on in the world in France and all kinds of places, in Dallas last week, and, and, and just the Birmingham news and how many people get killed every week and every month. Now, can you imagine taking out all the influence of all the Christians and take all the light out of the world and the Holy Ghost at the same time and leave nothing but that? You want to be here? Nothing to resist it. The dispensation of grace is over. Verse 9. For God did not appoint us to incur his wrath. He did not select us to condemn us. But that we might obtain his salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. Verse 10. He died for us so that whether we are still alive or dead at Christ appearing, we will meet, we might live together with him and share his life. Therefore, encourage, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, strengthen, and build up one another just as you're doing. And if you're not doing, get with it. That's part of that boldness part. Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them all. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord and those who warn and kindly reprove and exhort you. Hold them in very high and most appreciative esteem and in, in intelligent and sympathetic appreciation of their work and be at peace among yourselves. And we earnestly beseech you, brethren, admonish, warn, and seriously advise those who are out of line, the loafers, the disorderly, and the unruly. Encourage and the timid and faint-hearted, help and give you support to the weak souls and be very patient with everybody, always keeping your temper, not losing it keeping it, so that none of you repays another with evil for evil, but always aim to show kindness, seek to do good to one another and to everybody. Be happy in your faith and rejoicing, glad-hearted continually always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying, uh, persevering. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations or despise inspired instruction, exhortation, or warning. Test and prove all things until you can recognize what is good to that whole fast. Abstain from evil, shrink from it, and keep aloof from it from whatever form or whatever kind it may be. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separates you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy, and will also do it, fulfilling his call by hallowing and keeping you. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a sacred kiss. I solemnly charge you in the name of the Lord to have this letter read before all the brethren. That's what I did today. And the cistern, right? The grace, the unmerited favor, and blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, be with you. 
Amen. So be it. That's not all the letter. I mean, uh, you know, it's letters wasn't separated into uh, chapters and verses as we have the Bible. So you'd have to read the entire letter. So uh, <clears throat> let me give you something systematic here. Now remember, this message today, it should be any time that we come together, is, is what the Lord wants to say to us today. I detoured from the, from the, uh, the, um, the DVD because I was told to Wednesday. See what I'm saying? See, it, it's just better to be led. Instead of trying to figure it out why, just, just, just be led. <clears throat> Mark Hankins says the Holy Spirit is a genius. And if you follow him, he can make you look like you're... He said, and if you, if you don't follow him, you might look... Well, anyway. <clears throat> so Paul in this letter, or, or the epistle, we call it epistle, or a letter to the church at Thessalonica... He, he had a concern, when you read the whole letter, you'll see that he had a, he had a concern for the growth and the maturity and, and just the spiritual health of the flock. And so in this letter, he gives instructions. When you read the whole letter, you can categorize it maybe this way. Uh, he gives instructions as to the sheep, how to, treat, uh, how, to, sheep, how to treat their shepherds. In the same letter, he tells shepherds how to treat the sheep. And then he gave instructions how the sheep are to treat the sheep. Now, we're talking about people, right? The Bible said we're the sheep of his pasture. Then he discusses the new relationship, not of sheep to sheep, or sheep to shepherd, or shepherd to sheep. Say that fast five times. <laughs> but the relationship of this new relationship he wants to talk to us about, and he wants to talk to you about this morning. I don't know why I, I, I keep getting this. It's just overwhelmingly, and he would do a much better job because he's the teacher. If the Lord Jesus was here today and he appeared, this is what he would preach to you, if we could stand it. But the, re the relationship of sheep to the great shepherd, our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ, because that must be right. So in verse 16 through 22, the Apostle Paul gives a series of exhortation that deal with the believer's inner life to God himself. In verse 16, he begins with two brief words, rejoice evermore. Many translations says rejoice always. Two simple words. Paul's relating how we relate in this relationship as a sheep to our Lord. So he says, to rejoice always. So the discussion of Christian joy is essential to the, and crucial to all of us, to the church. Because we're the children of God. And who named Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as not a king among us. He's not a, he's not a king among kings. He is the king of any king. He's the king. Whatever your situation is, you can tell your situation. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. You can try to hang around if you want to, but you need to know something. I've already prayed and sent word to the king. 
Well, how do you know how that's going to turn out for you? Because he sticker he stick with me closer than a brother. <laughs> and apparently, he's not their brother. Hmm. And we'll take this before the judge. Well, who's the judge? My daddy. <laughs> hmm. But let's get back on course. So I want to begin with a statement that might surprise you. In fact, it might seem harsh. It may appear hard. It's going to sound to your natural mind impossible to believe. You ready? Who's ready? Here's the statement. There's no event. There's no circumstance that can occur in the life of any Christian that should diminish the Christian joy to any degree. Let me say it again. The statement is, there is to be no event on earth or circumstance that can occur in the life of any Christian that is to allow, to allow your joy to be diminished in this lifetime. Now, let, let the weight of that sink in. Can I go a little further than that? Good, I was going to anyway. If there's any event, if there's any circumstance apart from sin that does diminish your joy, you are in sin. Can I read it again? If there's any such event, circumstance in your life, anything that has caused your joy to be diminished, you are in sin. Now that could sound ridiculous, can it? Given the woes and the pains and the difficulties of life, that could sound absolutely ridiculous. However, no matter how it sounds, the command of Scripture is explicit, and that is to rejoice always. How often? Any failure on our part as the church, as a believer, constitutes between you and your Savior disobedience and, and sin in the highest order. You don't want to stay for the rest of it? <laughs> Let me be clear if I'm not clear. No event, circumstance that, that can occur in the life of any believer should silence, diminish his or her joy. In the Lord Jesus, in, in his final time on earth before his crucifixion, with his disciples, and you can read about it starting in chapter 13 of the Gospel of John and read all the way through the 17th, 17th chapter, chapter 13 through 17 in the Gospel of John, he mentions joy or uses the, the language joy or full joy eight times. See, joy is a part of his legacy, the joy of the Lord. I, I've read many, in, uh, many uh, sometimes books or saw an account on TV or just had people <laughs> you know, give a testimony about people who sometimes maybe they were in an accident or something happened and they left this life and they went to heaven for a brief time and then came back. You ever read such things? 
almost every one of them talks about, when they talk about Jesus, they say, they say well, how tall is he? And they say, well, I don't know. I mean, he's, oh, what did he look like? And they say, well, uh, that's not really what I noticed. They say, what, what did you know? Well, then what did you notice about Jesus? They said, his eyes. They said the eyes of Jesus was the most distinguishing thing about him. They said, why, what color are they? They said, well, I don't want, uh, many of them said, I, I don't know that either. They said, well, what's distinguishing about his eyes if you don't know the color of his eyes? They said, they're wells of love. And they said, is there anything that, that stood out to you about Jesus? They said, oh, he's full of joy. He, they, it said, heaven is so full of joy. And Jesus, you know, the, the Bible said that he was anointed with the oil of joy, and, and, he, and he was joyous above all his brothers. And he knew his fate. But he was anointed with the oil of joy. So joy is a part of his legacy. This is a joy that's transcendent. A joy beyond human emotions. That is responding to positive circumstances. We're not talking about that. All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, we are admonished and we are exhorted over and over again as believers. We are commanded to rejoice. You ever felt like not rejoicing? Yeah. I can take you back to last Sunday. I believe the Lord took that personal. He commands you to rejoice. It's not a suggestion. It's not a Christian thing to do. We're commanded to rejoice. At all times and no matter what's going on, no matter what the condition exists, Yes, even in times of the severest adversity, the command will not be rescinded. Y'all want to hear some more? You sure? For example, in Matthew chapter 5, you're familiar with the words of, of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 10, Matthew 5, 10. If you want to go there, you can, but... Or you can just listen. Verse 10 says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted. You really want to hear this? Are you sure you want to hear this? Because I've already got it. I, I need to go home and put some more cream on my feet, my toes. And... Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You ever suffered persecution by someone else's hand or mouth for the sake of righteousness? Not because of something we did. Not for making mistakes, self-indulgent type things, self-inflicted wounds. I'm talking about, have you ever been persecuted for the sake of righteousness? He says, uh, yours is the kingdom of heaven. He said, blessed are you when men cast insults of you and persecute you. And they say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. He said, if that happens to you, do what? Rejoice and be glad. That's not how most people react. Huh? They turn back and give you a piece of their mind. Or they had to go tell 57 people what, you don't know what she said to me. And we don't want to know. I thought love covered sins, a multitude of them. Huh? 
Luke 6, 22 says something very similar to this. It says, blessed are you when men hate you. you y'all, some of y'all didn't know y'all so blessed, did you? <laughs> blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and cast insults at you and spurn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. This is the Lord Jesus Christ wanted you to receive this today. He says, so if they're hating you, they ostracize you, they cast insults at you, they spurn your name as evil for the sake of me. He says, be glad in that day. He says, and, he says, and I want you leaping for joy. You know why? Verse goes on to say in verse 23, he says, because your reward is going to be great in heaven. Hmm? <laughs> Woo! That puts it in a new light. Your reward's going to be great in heaven. The Amplified says, Rejoice and be glad at such a time, and exult and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is rich, it's great, it's strong, it's intense, it's abundant in heaven. For even so, their forefathers treated the prophets. Let me get that to you again. He says, when they insult you this way, they hate you, they ostracize you, they cast insults at you, they spurn your name on the sake of me. He says, be glad, remember, leap for joy. The Amplified says, so when this happens, he says, you are to rejoice and be glad at such a time. Exalt, and I want you to be leaping for joy. Sure did get quiet in this Presbyterian church, as Buzzy would say. For behold, your reward... In heaven is going to be rich. It's going to be great. He said, it's going to be strong. He said, it's going to be, your reward's going to be intensified. <laughs> he said, your, your reward's going to be very abundant. He said, you need to know this. They, they did it to your forefathers, the prophets. The forefathers did it to the prophets. He says, you know, so why do you think they want to do it to you? I like to say it this way, the severer the persecution, the higher the leap. The more persecution comes your way, the higher you jump. Y'all all right? Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, if need be, he said, if I, to the church at Colossians, he said, if need be, if I have to give my life getting the gospel to you, then so be it, I rejoice in it. You ever heard a preacher say that on TV? We'll come to, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to come to, you know, we're going to come to Richmond, Virginia and preach a revival next week. And, you know, if y'all kill me, then I will, then I rejoice. <laughs> Who wants to go do a meeting if, if it's in question? Who wants to go testify three doors down from your house if it's in question that you'll come back? Paul said, I rejoice. You know, you can be dead in 30 seconds or less. Gone, right? It's a new day. Right? Amen. Y'all still doing all right? Good, I got five more pages. <laughs> James said, when you fall, not if. 
When you fall into various trials, temptations, count it all joy. He said all of it, just count all of it joy. When you fall, count it joy. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, In this greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessity, you have been distressed by various trials. He said, if you're being distressed right now by various trials, he says, I don't want you to rejoice. I want you to greatly rejoice. Are we living this way? Going through testing trials? Distressing? Insults? Your name's being spurred? Your character's being talk, talked about? Now, if it's self-inflicted, straighten it up. Right? If you're guilty, then <laughs> go back to the song of the blood of Jesus and, and deal with it and get it right. But if, if it's because of your pursuit of Christ and persecution's coming, he said, just greatly rejoice. He said, man, your reward in heaven is going to be so great and abundant. He said, it's going to be intensified. He said, it's going to be right down strong. Hallelujah. House made out of gold, walking on streets of gold, gold slippers. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Buzz said we're going to have some of them Galatian gliders. We're going to walk around, you know. Now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So note this, no serious problem in life or times of trouble or times of pain does the command ever to rescind to have incessant, unending, ceaseless joy. He, he never rescinds, rescinds the command. The Marines have, I don't know about all branches, sir, the, the Marines, if they're in battle, and it seems like they're going to lose position or be killed, they do not have a signal to turn back. If there was one, they wouldn't know what it was. If it was a trumpet, <laughs> sound like the old cavalry, or if it was a command, they're never trained on that because there's no such thing as turning back. You win or you die right there on the battlefield. But no one, no one, Retrieves. There is no rescinding. It's not, we're supposed to have joy that's abundant and exceeding, and our joy is to be great, and our joy is to be animated. In other words, your joy should have expression. You say, well, that's not my personality. Well, the Bible didn't say live by your personality. The just should live by what? When you get to heaven, the, the personality will change in that sense. Everyone I've ever read about or heard about when they met Jesus, the first thing they did was fall to the ground because they said, I'm not worthy to look at your face. I know Brother Hagin, he had eight visitations with Jesus, and he said it happened every time to me, so I couldn't help it. He said, the first thing you do is you find yourself on the ground. And Jesus says, stand up. I want to talk to you. He says, I can't. I'm not worthy to look at your face. He says, I said, stand up. He said, but Lord Jesus, I can't look on your face. He said, I said, stand up. He said, he said but I'm not worthy. He said, stand up. My blood made you worthy. <laughs> you know, the Bible said we can come into the throne of grace. You know why? Because his grace made us worthy. 
Huh? See, it was unmerited favor, but you're born again. Now it's merited. Well, I'm just a no, no you're not. Well, I'm just a no sack of taters. I'm just like filthy rags. Isaiah said, yeah, come on in the new covenant. You're not that. You're an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're more than a conqueror. Nothing separates you from the love of God. You're the righteous of God in your spirit. Amen. Everything about you is righteous. You're wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Amen. You're clean on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're not tainted by anything. Hallelujah. Now let that work to your outside, to your soul's realm. Don't say, well, I'm clean on the inside. I'm going to the bar to get drunk. You're an idiot. <laughs> about, I ain't talking about you, the spirit man. I'm talking about the outward person. Yeah. If you think that's what I preach here, you're badly mistaken. Amen. The Bible says grace teaches us to live godly, righteous lives. Amen. You say, well, I thought grace covered sins. It does, but it ain't no cover up. Just don't cheapen what Jesus brought. You know, Jesus didn't die to leave you in that. He, he died to bring you out of that stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so no serious problems in life or times of trouble or pain does he ever rescind the command. And scripture further says our joy is to be great, abundant, exceeding, Animated, it should have expression. Psalms 32, 11 says, Our joy is to be unspeakable. Our joy is to be full of glory. Our joy is to be with awe. A-W-E. Now, we probably should say something like, at this point, say this. Because joy like this is not natural. I mean, think about the problems of life. Think about the things that happen to people. Think about someone who... who, who, who who by accident or loses a loved one, a child. And we'll get into that at a later time. Because, you know, the scripture says sorrow with those who sorrow. So, well, both things work at two times, and we'll get to that. So jo the, the joy I'm talking about is not natural. can't be natural. So if you're sitting there thinking this is impossible and it can't be done, well, you're right. can't be done, not from a human viewpoint. It's not natural. It's supernatural joy. It's joy at a new level. It's a divine joy. It's a heavenly superabundance joy level. I mean, we, 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 we can have circumstances that makes us happy. Brother Brown made me happy right before church. He said, did you know today, today is National Ice Cream Day? I said, are you serious? <laughs> I said, man, I already, know, I already like you, but to bring me that kind of information, today is National Ice Cream Day. And I ain't even got a square inch of it in my house. But, sister, that'll change today. This, I am an American. <laughs> I will not be unpatriotic to this nation. We are celebrating ice cream. Woo! Did y'all feel that? You can go home and lick your carrots if you want to. I, I, and I had them last night on a salad and the broccoli, and I had the mushrooms and the little hard peas and all that, whatever they got, Ruby Tuesdays. I, I had all that. I like all that. The good thing is I like good stuff too. But this is, na this is a national thing. 
And if we don't join in, it's a crisis. Brother Brown, he's a smart man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Super abundant joy level. Hallelujah. So we're not talking about happenstances. We're not talking about, I got a new car. You know, we, we have things in life that can make us happy, right? I got a raise. This happened. They told me this. I got a promotion, whatever. All those kind of things because something good has happened. Or taken. And we're for all that. That's not what I'm talking about. Baby Christians can do that. Hmm? But if a church is going to grow up like Paul is trying to bring strength and growth and maturity to this church, he said, I'm not talking about that kind of joy. He said, I told you to rejoice always. See, Paul said, I'm going to come to the church in Colossians. He says, but now if y'all kill me, he said, it'll be all right. He said, I'm going to rejoice anyway. <laughs> he said, I'm going to preach the gospel, but if it, it cost me my life, and eventually it did. And, 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 and he knew what was going to happen to him the next day. He said, it's a great day. He said, I could be here with y'all. I can be with him tomorrow. He said, wow, I'm going to be in heaven tomorrow. I'm going to be with Jesus tomorrow. I'm going to be in something so strong you can't take this body in here because it can't stand the joy of it. You realize you've you got to have a new body to get to heaven because your old body would explode with joy? <laughs> your body would just be everywhere. What happened to him? Joy. But they got ice cream there. Woo! <laughs> New flavor every day of eternity. You don't believe that? You come to my mansion. No, so I didn't say pup tent. I can do that here. Pup tent. Right? New flavor every day in heaven. Some say, what's your favorite flavor? I don't know. I never met one I really didn't like. Can't you tell? I mean, I might have some I like prefer over those, but I ain't never been mad at any of them. Hardest thing me do is I, you know, I go to public or something like, like a, a lion at the zoo, you know. <laughs> Two for seven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless you, sister. Yes, be healed. <laughs> woo! Woo! Now, see, this is a happenstance, and I'm happy, but I'm going to get it anyway. <laughs> Who wants to get some ice cream today because it's National Ice Cream Day? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so you have helped our economy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's enough for today. <laughs> Twice as nice. Mm. Woo. So <laughs> it's not just about the things that happened to us, that something good took place. That's great. But see, that's shallow. It's like we always said, you know, it's great to have great feelings, right? But did they stay? You ever had a really bad feeling? Did it stay? So how much stock can you put in feelings? See, that, that, that's the reason why I don't want to just preach. 
And, and that's all fine. That encourages me. But, I need, but you need something on Tuesday that that'll stick to your ribs. Because, because the man who went, he ain't going to beat your house Tuesday. And you're going to need to know something. Right? You're going to need to know something. Yeah. You got to know something. So I'd rather change your thinking. Huh? <clears throat> my, my, my last class at Rama in 1994, before graduation, uh, Doug Jones preached. Uh, he said, wow, last time I can ever address this class. And, I, and I'm thinking about what you're going to go into. Some of you have never been to ministry. Ah, what can I say my last 50 minutes with y'all? And, and he'd been in ministry for years and pastored churches and traveled and all such as this. He said, I, keep, I, keep, I find myself keep being led back over to Samuel, where David was at war with his men. They came back in Ziklag. They found all the, the wives gone and all the children gone and all the possessions gone, and they burned the city. And these people are exhausted from war. And so the men, was such, there was such a disparity and a depression that their families was gone and everything that they had was gone that some of them began to pick up stones and they were going to stone David, their king. And the Bible says David encouraged himself right. in the Lord. Amen. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. We all need people to encourage us, and we should be encouragers. Like I said, I don't think you should ever be a dope dealer, but I think you should be a hope dealer. Amen. You should be dealing hope out all the time. Amen. But there's just sometimes no one else is going to be there to do it. And you're going to have to be grown in this thing, and you're going to have to begin to encourage yourself. You're going to have to change your own thinking. I mean, you, you ought to get up so happy every day with what God's given you to do. If you're not doing something that gets you so excited every day that you say, I can't even believe they're paying me for this. I almost feel wrong taking this check. No, almost. No, no, no. <laughs> that the Lord has given me this to do. And you're so thrilled, you just can't wait till it starts. All these people said, man, I just can't wait till Friday to get my check and get out of here. I'd fire every one of them folks. They ain't worth spit. Y'all keep on praying, I'll be bold. There it is. Huh? I want someone who's going to work with me and my company and be happy about it. You know, because you ain't got to be here. Well, they don't pay me very much. Well, you agreed to come, right? Well, they, ain't, they provide me no health insurance. Well, they ain't your mama. Get your job that does then. Quit talking about it. Quit complaining. There's a lot of folks who want your job. Huh? And you want my good day's work. Even when they go somewhere. When you quit, it'll take three people to replace you. Amen. You'll give Christianity a great name. Amen. If you're a sloppy, a lazy Christian and you work somewhere, don't ever tell them you come to church here. <laughs> don't mention my name at all. Amen. Y'all want some more boldness? I got a whole lot of more. It's ice cream day. <laughs> so we're not, we're not talking about... Natural joy, are we? Supernatural joy. Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love. The next one is called joy. The fruit of what? 
Holy Spirit, His fruit. So when it's about natural, we're talking about supernatural. Yes. Supernatural. Yes. Supernatural joy. Woo. Supernatural joy of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm not talking about your joy. I'm thinking about the Holy Ghost joy. Holy Ghost joy. I ain't talking about Bob's joy. I'm talking about Holy Ghost joy. Holy Ghost joy. The, the joy of Holy Ghost. The author of the book in your lap. His joy is where? It's in your spirit. Last week we were talking about glory. Whether you know we still are? Habakkuk said in the end times God is going to cover the whole earth with the glory of God. As the waters cover the sea, God said, I'm going to spread glory right across this entire nation. You know how he's going to do it? How many of y'all want to know? Two of y'all. I ain't talking about them. How many of y'all want to know? He fills you up and sends you out. He fills you up with, his, with Himself and His presence, and then He sends you out and disperses you. Amen. Huh? He fills up people who have knowledge of the glory of God, and then He sends them out into the nations of the world to disperse what's within them. Amen. This is not how He does it. This is where you come here and learn, and then you take it somewhere. It is not the plan of God for you to bring people for me to pray for. It is not the plan of God for you to go bring people in here for me to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It is not the plan of God for you to come here for me to lay hands on everyone who's got a cold. It is not the, the plan and the model of the church for you to bring people to me to keep them happy. It is the plan of God that you learn, that you increase, that you grow, that you become yourself a master pupil of the Lord Jesus Christ, a student of His. And that you produce and you reproduce yourself. Amen. And if you're not doing that, you are, sir or madam, you are a baby. Right. Y'all want some more boldness? Amen. Hmm? Amen. Church is not you showing up on every Sunday morning, writing a few notes, and going back and doing life as you were. That's not it. I'm talking about a revolution, Amen. a complete turnaround. Hmm? The reason why some of you are not too happy, I mean, you're, you're all right with them because your life's too smooth right now. Lose your job, your car blow up, or something like that, and all of a sudden, or what's bringing in all the dough, somehow that stops. You'd be a lot more interested in this stuff. Because you think you're living by faith and you really aren't. Because you don't even know where you are. Because it ain't taking no faith to do it. But just let the kids act crazy for a while. Let them get to a certain age that you think the aliens sucked their brains out of their head. <laughs> and put something demonic in there. And you feel like you've become a prisoner of your own home. Afraid to leave and afraid to stay. <laughs> You're thinking, when can this be over? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm glad you don't. But I talk to lots of people. You say, what did I do wrong? Well, maybe nothing. What where God goes wrong with Adam and Eve? He wasn't a good daddy. He didn't know about fathering. He didn't spend enough time with them. He'd come down every day. 
He didn't know no truth. No, they made a choice. See, they're living their choices, not their destiny. But all that's subject to change too. You ought to just pray and believe God gets so much glory in your home, the demons just can't stay there. Demons don't want to lay down at night in glory. Every time Jesus showed up, you, you, you remember when he went over to the other side, the, what was the, he went in the boat and parable, and he went to the uh, other side. The, land, the Gadarenes, is that what it was? And when that, he met a demon over and they went, ah! That's the way some of y'all up here was sleeping. That's what, the, that's what demons were always doing when Jesus showed up there. Ah! You know what they asked Jesus? Have you come? Have you come to cast us out and rebuke us before our time? He said, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> if you ain't got nothing screaming, you ain't doing nothing. Huh? You turn off your television, excuse me, television. Throw down your social media. Put 75,000 posts a week on Facebook. Get your face in this book. Well, you know, he, here's a casserole thing, and it's delicious, and you know... You need some social time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Some of you need to close your Facebook account out. Y'all want some more boulders? I got a whole lot of more. It's ice cream day. <laughs> it's amazing sometimes how hard you got to pull people to get them into heaven who's trying to go to hell. They, 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 come on over here. Man, they go barbecue you over there. <laughs> Well, but I got some more things I want to do before I give my life. Well, how you know he's going to accept you when you think it's time? I thought you had to be drawn. Oh, that's, not, that's something else to think about, ain't it? Maybe he ain't drawing you next tomorrow about this time. Oh, you never heard that before, have you? If you was married to someone or you was in a relationship with someone and they went out on you four times, you, 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 do you just take them back at their will? I decide I think I can be faithful next week. I ain't going to go down to Claire's house. Well, not next week. I'm coming back. I'm thinking you ain't coming back here. Y'all want some more boldness? <laughs> it's in there. Amen. Right? Well, now, Jesus, I, I know I just don't want to burn. I want to go to heaven. Anybody loving you, I just don't want to burn. But I got some things I want to go do. I got to sow some wild seeds. In the name of Jesus, I command them aliens to lose them brains. I've been doing it so long, I can almost spend some time with some folks. You know, and just know. I grew up on a farm, and we picked watermelons and cantaloupe. Or you go into the grocery store, and you go in the produce department, you're going to get you one. What do people always do when they select them? That's the, see what Bill do? He thumps them. Sometimes you can almost take a kid and thump his and he ain't ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not just kids. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about people in their 90s. <laughs> what if everybody coming here Sunday? You <laughs> say, uh, I was going to give them all this counsel, but that's a lot of wasted time. I can see they ain't ready. <laughs> it, 
It's sad. It took me 15 years of ministry to figure that out. I, and I'm telling you the truth. It, did, it took me 15 years of ministry to figure out I, they don't even want to. They don't even want to hear nothing we're talking about. If you're bored right now, you slap out your mind. I'm talking about some amazing things. Huh? And the reason why you depressed is because your, your life's in you. You got out of him to get in you. And in, in, in Jesus, there ain't no you. You died, so stop that already. See, your focus is on you. The Bible said in Hebrews that when Jesus went to the cross, he did it with joy. Can you imagine that? You ever seen the Passion of the Christ? How many of y'all saw the Passion of the Christ years ago? Can you imagine getting happy? I don't like pain. Most men don't. I'm not good at pain. My wife can take a whole lot more than me. I, I, I'm just not good at it. When I don't feel good, I find the, the recliner, the couch, and the remote. And I need something. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she got something in her. Just keeps on, I guess because they have to call mama. Right? That's the way most men are. They, they say we're kind of babies. Years ago when I went, and I remember telling you, I, I, I woke up one morning, I had a pain, and I mean a pain. And boy, it began to intensify. I thought, oh, oh gosh, what's that? Uh, was, well, long story short, it, it was kidney stones. I wish that on nobody. Maybe the devil, but other than that, no, nobody else. And I didn't know what it was. I did some of the craziest things to try to find relief. She left the house, went to go give me some something, for, it wasn't that. And I was in the house by myself, and, and my thoughts went wild. And I remember putting my head under the water and running it, because it wasn't ice cream day, but I just I had it under there. <laughs> And I tried laying down, and I tried standing up, and I was praying. And I remember one time we had this chest freezer, or what's the? Deep freeze. Deep freeze, not to stand up. The, I, I got over in it. That's crazy, isn't it? And then I remember I had a... That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. You remember the Honeymooners? Old show of Honeymooners? Jackie Gleason, he said, Woo, you're going to get yours. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I mean, it got intense. And then uh, I don't do hospitals or doctors that often, but I was willing. And we had a Suburban. And I said, uh, I need to go to the hospital now. I mean now. And she was driving. And, uh, but see, I didn't know I had style. I didn't know what it was. And uh, I, I just knew something was, was coming from here all the way around, and I couldn't hardly stand it. And I got to the, and they weren't talking about the insurance. And I said, I, take my wallet, take anything. You can have my car. Get, get, I, I want some drugs. <laughs> I want some drugs. <laughs> so we got to take your insurance. We gotta, uh, I said, there's my wallet. I need help. I said, you get me some help right now, or you're going to need some help. I mean, I did. I, I did. I lost my mind. I, I was in that much pain. I couldn't stand it no more. And, and she gave me some morphine. I thought, oh, I love morphine. <laughs> now, they stuck me like eight times trying to get it in my vein and couldn't get it in. They were pot. said, oh, Mr. Well, we're so sorry. I said, that's all right. Just pain in a different place. It feels, it's weird. Go ahead. hurt me somewhere else. But they finally got it in. Two minutes later, it's like, Whoa. That was awesome. You could just feel like trickling down on the inside all the way out. 
Then they put me through an MRI thing, and I was in this shake and everything. They check your urine and nothing but blood. And she said, you, you've had stones, and you've already passed them. I said, I knew to pass something. <laughs> but Michelle's on 65, and I keep on telling her, speed it up, speed it up. And she got up there so fast, she, the car cut out. She said, oh, no, the car's quit. I said, oh, let off the gas. Um, she says, what's wrong with it? It's got a governor on it. It quits at 100. I said, keep it at 98. Go, go, go. <laughs> but about three weeks later, I got a bill from Shelby for $6,000. I was there two hours. They said, we didn't take that kind of insurance. You should have went to Brookwood. I wasn't going to make it to no Brookwood. <laughs> I mean, the thoughts, you know, you just think about, just run me over. I mean, it'd be, just get me out of this situation. I've done that so long, I don't forget why I even brought this up. But the joy of the Lord. So he fills the earth. He sends us out. Isaiah, uh, John 4, 4 says, we have the well of life in us. Springs up in us. Right? The well springs up. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, that hope and that joy and that glory is in you. But Isaiah 12 says, there is a, there is a well in you or there's a river in you. In other words, you're supposed to draw this out of the well, Isaiah said. And some of you had not been fishing in a while. See, joy is not supposed to, it could, because the Spirit of God can come on you, but you're supposed to live from the inside out instead of waiting for something from heaven to drop. Uh, the Scripture says you're supposed to draw out, and Isaiah 12 says you're supposed to draw out of the joy with, guess what you draw it with? It says joy. You're supposed to use as the ladle, y'all remember ladles? You're supposed to draw out of your well, the well of salvation, with joy. Some say, well, I, I thought you had to do it by faith. Well, if you ain't in faith, you ain't got no joy no way. Huh? You ever seen people say they're they full of faith? And they look like they've been eating dill pickles all day long? I'm just in faith about all this. Don't you agree with me too? I just, you know, I'm just, I'm believing God. No, you ain't. Huh? Joy has an expression. Y'all yeah. want some more boldness? Yes. I got mo. Y'all want some more? Yes. You're supposed to draw that out. Amen. See, baby Christians don't want to do that. They're like, make my bed, make me a pink bone jelly sandwich, wipe my mouth, give me a bath, wash my hair, tie my shoes. Well, that's fine when you know when they're 18 months and two years old. But when they're 47, that looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that just that, that's a terrible indictment. Amen. If we don't have a reputation in this community, we all go ahead and get one. <laughs> we probably already got a little bit of one. <laughs> Ever since I've been pastoring in this, in this county, I've had more people tell me, you know, the thing that you need for a, as, a, as a church, he says, y'all need a steeple. I said, so will that make us complete? Oh, yeah, you've got to have a steeple. And I said, why? 
He said, because you'll be recognized as an established church. I said, a steeple establishes you? He says, to the community. I said, you know, I didn't read that scripture nowhere. <laughs> he said, what do you think it is? I said, well, I, I read the first two, three, four chapters of, of Acts when the church got started. And they got established on the Holy Ghost. They had so much joy, people thought they was drunk. And a lot of people came, because I guess they're going to get some drink. They're like, hey, well, they got some stuff to drink over there. And, it, and, they, and they did. But it wasn't Jack Daniels. And they gave them a drink. And Peter got so full, and they got so full, that they, they, he preached a sermon, and 3,000 people got saved in one day. Two days later, they preached, and 5,000 got saved. They started off with 120 in the upper room, in less than a week, they had 8,120 people to start a church with, with no steeple. <laughs> and not even a building to put them in. <laughs> That's just something else. Me to paint all the time. <laughs> See, the idea of the church is to get outside these four walls. The reason why some of y'all ain't happy, can I just be honest with you? I got some more boldness, a little bit more. I've got to go, but, but here it is. If you would be busy about doing the Father's business instead of coming to church, and I'm glad you're here. I'm thrilled you're here. But if you would just get busy doing the Father's business instead of waiting for all your business to get straight. Well, you know, I got, I'm going through some things. We're going through them. G said, I'll be with you in trouble. He said, I'll make it all go away. He said, if you're in trouble, I'll just go with you in the trouble. I remember I've gone to court a few times with a few people. That, that, that ain't, don't call me every time you get to court. I'm just saying, I have done that. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, they was in some trouble. I was thinking, this ain't good. We're going to need some Jesus here today, I can tell. Amen. Amen. But he said, I'll be with you in trouble. When you go to a lion's den, you're going to need some help. And the help was there. When you go into the fiery furnace, you're going to need some help. And help was there. I'd like to pray and just believe I don't ever hit that den, that fiery furnace. But sometimes it don't work out that way. Sometimes you go in the fiery furnace. So if you've got something in your life that doesn't look quite complete the way you want it to, and you're just kind of holding things off until you get the testimony... I mean, some of y'all waiting for the breakout moment. When it finally worked. When Jesus finally came through and helped me do something. Could you help me do something? And you're waiting for that breakout moment. You ought to just break out. Not, I mean, in heaven, it's going to be so easy. Can you see? In heaven, it's going to be so easy. There's going to be no resistance. You know how many demons are in heaven? None, you. None. You know how much resistance in heaven? None. People say, well, man, I tell you what, when I get to heaven, I'm going to show the devil what for he ain't there. Or his mama, if he has one. Right? So what I want to know is what you're going to do in the nasty here and now. Isaiah said, you're going to have to draw that supernatural, not natural joy he said, it's in your spirit, and you're going to have to draw it out. Sometimes you may have to pray in tongues. It may take some of y'all 45 minutes because you, you hadn't been in that vein for a while. 
you may have to just pray and your mind's wandering everywhere. Some of you who stay connected, you don't need 45 minutes. You can get over in about two minutes. I, I, I got on the road the other day, and man, I, I just felt a supernatural tongue coming, and, and, and I started to worship in the Lord, and it went right into tongues, and I had, to pull the, I had to pull the car right off the road, throw it up in park, and just because it was so much supernatural, Joe, I didn't need to be driving. It would have been dangerous to drive. I mean, I was supernatural, so happy in my car, just me. They said, well, what happened? I don't know. I go, just the presence of God fills your room. You can't tell me you're going to come into the Shekinah presence of God and, and, and everything's just going to be Tuesday. Amen. Amen. So you may have to get into that. Y'all still happy? Y'all happy? Amen. We got a song right there. So I, I love this testimony, and I'll finish right here, and then we got a little song for you. Praise the Lord. I know it's 12, but look, you know, we ain't doing Sunday school. You ain't come back tonight. Certainly, you got an hour and 45 minutes. Amen. My goodness, you need to have Sunday school. But we're going to throw it all in here. All right, y'all ready? I love this testimony right here because it's true. Hallelujah. I'm finding it. I'm getting there. There she is. Story. Amy Simple McPherson. In her heyday, 1920s to 1940s, miracle minister. She's in Los Angeles. She's preaching under the big tents. Threats are coming. Hundreds are surrounding her tent with threats to burn it down with people inside. The book says, in her day, tar and feathering was, was prevalent and it was going on at this time. They sent her word, if you go on with the service tonight, we will burn this place down and those who are still alive, we will tar and feather them. So she prayed to God, and he said, oh, just worship me. That's all he said. So, uh, uh, g give you an idea. So, the tent was large. It was huge. There's <clears throat> uh, thousands of people in there, and all around was people with torches. She looked up, and they all was around with torches. She didn't got the word for the day. If you come here, if you have this meeting, you're going down. And she's surrounded. And so she, she prayed. I would have too, wouldn't you? She said, the, all the Lord said to me was, just worship me. Her response, she said, she said, Lord, that seems a little hard to do concerning the position I'm in. God spoke back to her and said, don't worship me because of the position you're in. Worship me because of the position that I'm in. <laughs> see, that's a different perspective. Don't, don't worship me because of what you, you, you just see and don't get happy because of that. He said, why did he say do it? He said, worship me, praise me, glorify me, magnify me. Because you see, I'm, I'm the friend that's sticking closer than the brother. I'm the one that went into the fiery furnace. I'm the one who went down into the lion's den. I'm the one who split the Red Sea. So when you worship me, you worship me because not your position. You worship me because of my position. Because I am the great can do. 
So she said, she, she, said, uh, she stopped preaching and she, they said she closed the Bible. She said, we're just going to worship the Lord right now. We're just going to praise his name. And let me tell you who most of these people were around the tent. Because she was ministering to a lot of folks and low income and she was there. And there was a lot of black folk in the crowd. And guess who was around with the little, the, the, the cowards with their little hoods on, the KKK. And if you wanted those, you're still a coward. And, and, and take it off and let's see how bad you are. Right? So she began to worship the Lord and all the tor torches. And it said in, in, in less than two minutes, I read, in, in two minutes, all these men all around ten, they all went, and now I'm going to scream again. This time I won't tell you. But they went, ah! And they all threw their torches and they ran. And they asked, why did they do that? And Amy Simple McPherson, she said, the Lord let me see what they saw. She said, they was hundreds of warring angels in this tent. And the Lord opened up the realm of their eyes and he let them see, you want us? Glory. Hallelujah. She said, the tent, she said, the tent was one of these tall things, you know, real tall. I don't know if it's 25, 30 foot up. She said, there was angels who had to bow their heads she said, she says, I kid you not, had to bow their head like this to walk under a 30-foot tent. And they had a sword. And when them men saw it, they, Wah! And it wasn't even ice cream day. <laughs> Will someone cut these lights in here in front row and back row? This is just a four-minute song from an old Brother Hagen meeting. This is Philip Slaughter. He used to be the uh, Ramus Singers and Band. They were having a Holy Ghost meeting. I did what Jesus asked me to do today. I didn't preach something I was going to preach. He asked me, he said, I want, this, I want this message in this church. He said, I know where you're going, and I know where I'm sending you to. And I know what you've got to have to fulfill the assignment. And you cannot do it, you cannot do it without the fruit of the spirit of joy. Because you're going to walk through some stuff that may not be fun, but I'm telling you, you're going to come out on the other side. And if it never works out the way you want it to here, he says, greatly rejoice. He said, leap for joy. He said, your, your, your reward in heaven is going to be great. It's going to be strong. It's going to be abundant. He said, your heaven, look, I, I love this word, your reward is going to be intense. I preached a little intense this morning, but that's not what he's talking about. Man, could, could, can you imagine intense Rewards. What's an intense reward? What's a strong one? What is an abundant reward when the, Lord, when, when the Lord uses, he said, I mean, if I say abundant, that's one thing. If the Lord says, give them this reward abundantly. What's he thinking? Everything he ever did abundantly, he flooded the place out. He, he put a little blessing on Abraham and Lot, and he said, we, we can't even stay in the same pasture. He said, we got all these hundreds of acres. There's, there's just too much here. Didn't God know where to stop loving them camels and them emus or whatever they were, quit having little ones? He caused so much multiplication, increase among the herds, there wasn't enough room for them to all. God just don't know where to stop. He's too much. Woo! So he, <laughs> now he, so if you're waiting for your feelings to match this, you, you ain't heard nothing I said. You ain't heard nothing. You sit here like an old stump. 
change it. We're going to call him the stump grinder. <laughs> I got some more, but I'm going to hold it off. Cut off the last row, too, please. Don't stand up if you want to. Four minutes and we'll go. 